Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Maddie Sill with Just Another Failure Podcast, and I'm sitting here with my man, Devin Foreman, a.k.a. Fronzy686. Tonight's episode with Jack Nunn is brought to you by Boost Oxygen, Muertos Coffee, Cryptech Tactical, and 30 Seconds Out with the Flags. We wanted to take a minute to talk to you guys about Muertos Coffee. These are our buddies up in Northern California out of Winters, California. They're a firefighter-owned and operated company, and all their proceeds, not all their proceeds, a good p- amount of their proceeds. 5% of their 5% uh, sales. of their sales heads back to our first responders and our firefighters out there. If you head over now, use promo code Just Another Failure at checkout, you'll receive 15% off at checkout. Plus, it goes back to a good cause. And we all know that our first responders could use a little help. Devin, what else do we got with this episode? Well, this episode is also brought to you by Manscaped. Listen up, fellas. 2020 sucked, and it's almost the new year, which means new balls with our sponsor, Manscaped. Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and they've helped 2 million men all over the world get rid of that pesky ball hair. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped's here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Manscaped's here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with the Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your uh, two best friends downstairs. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you that glow-up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up uh, down downstairs this new year you know the crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer you already put deodorant on your armpits why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body 2020 was awful so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for a new beginning in 2021 manscaped even threw in their shed which is a travel bag to keep all the goodies stored comfortably speaking of comfort manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you will ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like, you know, the year 2020. It sucked. Don't be that guy. Manscaped also has a new cologne coming out in 2021, so keep an eye out for that. So head to manscaped.com, get 20% off and free shipping with code FAIL at checkout. That's promo code FAIL at checkout for 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. All right, enjoy everyone, and here's our episode. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Just Another Failure Podcast. We got on the show with us today. Um, I mean, this guy's kind of a unit. You know? He's a badass rower. He's rode with the under 23 national team won a silver at the world championships he's also uh completed 13 full ironman races and six and a six half ironmans not to mention more than 100 and counting triathlons he also owns row works here in long beach welcome to just another failure podcast jack nunn how are you Great. Thanks, you guys, for having me on. I appreciate yeah. this. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's definitely awesome to finally get you on the show. Um, I met Jack through uh, Garrett, who you guys saw in the episode uh, probably like a week or two ago. Um, 
Garrett was on the show, and Garrett rode for you at Loyola Marymount, right? Yeah, you were the was, rowing coach. I was Garrett's uh, coach. I was the head uh, varsity men's coach at Loyola Marymount here in um, in Playa and Marina del Rey. And uh, and then, uh, long story short, I remember talking to you, Matt, uh, just shooting around ideas, and you're like, yeah, I used to play ice hockey. Are you related to Hal Nunn? And I'm like, yeah, that's my uncle. Yeah. And so you uh, you played ice hockey under my uncle who yep. coached you. Um, and I was mentioning to you guys, uh, my uncle, actually, he just recently passed away. Um, God bless him. He was amazing. My dad's brother, he played at Cornell University. He was goalie. He played backup to Ken Dryden. Uh, Ken Dryden was one of the most uh, famous goalies of all time in the United States, um, and then he, but he went on for his passion to ice hockey and uh, ended up coaching Alec Martinez for the LA Kings, uh, now with the Vegas Knights, um, and then also Tikhanov, uh, Tikhanov's son, who plays uh, for the Arizona Coyotes. So, so it was just anyway that I, I figure I mentioned him because um, uh, Hal is. Uh, 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 my uncle and you know yeah. and just has a great story with that so yeah so, oh, yeah. so he coached you and these guys what's your excuse they're in the <laughs> NHL Matt. Yeah. what happened Matt I have a couple buddies that grew up and ended up in the <laughs> NHL you know I, I don't really know what happened there so uh, yeah. but yeah no your uncle's awesome great coach um you know prayers out to your family that's definitely sad on the passing of him but um overall I've got to know Jack probably over the last I don't know, 13 years probably now. It's been a while. And I actually lived with Jack for a while in Manhattan Beach. He was uh, he had a pretty cool house that me, myself, and Garrett and a couple other guys lived in for a while. And uh, A little bachelor pad, huh? <laughs> it was pretty awesome. We, we had a lot of good trips, a lot of fun times together, back living together. Um, but Jack's house was cool because in the main living room, he uh, you still have your paddle up on the wall with all your yeah with yeah. all your medals and yeah, stuff on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. He has a big oar for rowing, just hanging across like the whole living room. And there's just like I don't know what do you what do you got like 200 medals on that thing? Uh, there's a lot of medals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Jack comes from a pretty prominent family in Southern California. Uh, your dad was a bronze Olympic medalist, correct? Yeah, my dad won a bronze in '68 in Mexico City. Uh, it's a very kind of famous, well-talked-about Olympics is at high altitude. Uh, the last Olympics to be at high altitude, they will never have one of those again because so many athletes passed out. Um, actually, in rowing, they had a chase boat that um, followed the rowers as they raced because they were passing out and rowing right into the water, and Whoa. they were drowning. So people were yeah, they're fishing <laughs> out of the water during the Olympics. Uh, also, Bob Beeman's long jump, it's the Olympic record. It'll probably never be broken because it's the Olympics at a high altitude with less um, air. air, right? And so Bob Beeman's, I think he still holds the Olympic record. Um, and Man, then, that's pretty gnarly. Yeah, and a lot of, lot of historical moments there. I got to join my dad for the 50th anniversary in Colorado Springs of the 68 Olympics, um, and it was really cool. Met a lot of... Uh, great Olympians there and then he also coached the men's uh, Olympic uh, rowing team in 1976 in Montreal wow. so uh, the sculling team the sculling is two oars my dad competed in the double he's actually an interesting fact here because the Olympics are you know as we know they're coming back to LA mm -hmm. uh, for the third time uh, Marine Stadium in Long Beach if you guys didn't know um, along with the um, 
the Coliseum is the only or the only two things left from the 1932 Olympics here in LA. Really? So wow. yeah, and um, so did they build Marine Stadium for the 1932 Olympics? Is yeah. they kind of like push yeah. that area out out there? Yeah. Oh, wow, that's they really dug. cool. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah, that is they crazy. dug they dug it out. It's a historical landmark, California historical landmark. There's a plaque right there. Um, that says this was the site 1932 Olympics rowing course. Actually, my alma mater. Uh, I went to Berkeley. Um, so Cal Berkeley back in those days didn't have national teams, so they just picked colleges to row or to represent um, their country. So Berkeley was the fastest rowing team at that point. They went to represent the United States and they won the gold medal here uh, for the United States rowing team in 1932. Oh wow! So uh, everyone talks about boys in the boat. It's a very uh, very famous rowing book about University of Washington and about their gold medal that they won in 1936 in Berlin. Um, but I always then say, well, I went to Berkeley and we won three gold medals in year <laughs> one. He's like, we're uh, big, not a big deal, a you know? Humble we're brag. Big, well, we're, we're big rivals, so yeah. I like to remind people about that. But it, it is really cool. It's a, it's a really cool his, history of, of the Olympic Games and of the spirit of, of just hardworking individuals in that time. Um, it's it's a great book, a uh, great read. It's everyone, I, I think, and nowadays with COVID going on and people with all these hardships, people should read that for kind of a, you know, motivation, inspiration. So that's called The Boys in the Boat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And um, anyway, and then so there's a lot of history here with the Olympics. My dad qualified for the Olympics here in Long Beach. So the, not only um, was he in the 68 games, he moved here from Cornell or from back east. He went to Cornell University. He was a Hall of Fame there um, athlete and uh, moved out here in 1967 and then made the Olympic team, qualified for 68 uh, here in Long Beach. So that was the, this was the, the trials, the U.S. trials. And then, um, yeah, in 1976, he's Olympic coach. And then people say, uh, you know, well, it's in the blood. It's, you know, you're destined to be a rower. And I was like, actually, not really. <laughs> my, my first sport uh, was hockey. hockey. Was yeah, hockey. I well, that's that. why I was yeah. actually going to ask you. I mean, obviously, since your dad's a former Olympic medalist, like, did he just pass on those genes to you to, like, you know? Yeah. And, and but he, you know, my first love for sport was really, I mean, I played baseball, soccer, but I really got into ice hockey. Wayne Gretzky was playing here um, in LA. I grew up with the Kings and all that stuff and huge fan and I grew up playing. There just wasn't a lot of ice time, um, but uh, had a lot of also uh, idolized Russian players like Pavel Bure and, and uh, Iserman and stuff like that. But Stevie. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but my first love for sport was hockey. And so my dad also played and my uncle played at Cornell and my dad played a little bit of hockey, not at that highest level, but they went along with it. And then, um, and then I came home one day from high school and I was like, I'm going to quit uh, soccer and baseball. I'm done with this. And, and I was playing hockey, but it was only like once a week or twice, you know. And my dad's like, well, either you find something else to do or you get a job. 
And I was like, You're like well, so I, uh, I guess I'm finding something else. <laughs> yeah, to do. I was like, I don't want to work right now. And I was like, what about that rowing thing? And this is my <laughs> What about that rowing thing? Yeah. yeah. Hey, you do that cool rowing yeah, thing. Yeah, remember right? that thing you went to the Olympics for? What, what's yeah. that all about, right? Yeah. And so that's the thing. He, he brought me down to row when I was a kid, like 10, 8, 10 years old. But he'd have to like bribe me with food. Actually, Tommy's Burgers was a big bribe. Oh, yeah. Here in oh, Long Beach. Chili Burgers. He's like, if you, if you row around another lap, we'll give you some more chili fries or we'll give you a chili dog. I'm like, okay. This is like it's like Alex Hammer, man. Yeah. Like McDonald's after the photos <laughs> yeah. and stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. So this this is all true <laughs> stuff. You know, this is like you know the I entice me with food. Other people do video games or like. I'm you the know. same way. You can get me to do a lot of things for food. Yeah. yeah. So so I was like, well, what about that rowing thing? And my dad jumped out of the chair and just ran upstairs, called the coach. I was down there the next day, and so it was right here at Long Beach uh, Junior Crew. The rowing, and it's still here now. They so where started, were you, like 16, 17? I was 16. Okay. Yeah, so Long Beach Junior Crew, and they still operate now out of the boathouse in Long Beach uh, at the end of Boathouse Lane, and they started their program in 1984, and I remind people, or no, sorry, in 1986, they started that program, and that was a legacy from the 84 Olympics. So in 84, L.A. had the Olympics again, um, and the rowing events were in Lake Casitas, but they the teams that came here um didn't ship their boats back to their countries because it's too expensive so they just left them here and all those boats went to programs in Newport um in LA uh, Marina del Rey and Long Beach and all around California Southern California so the, the, that's like a legacy of the Olympics right people talk about it and like what are the Olympics gonna bring to us you know and so there's there's really so I'm part of that I rode in those boats that were donated um, in 1996, 1997, and um, then I got a scholarship to Berkeley. Uh, rode at Berkeley for four years, won uh, three national championships. So it was a pretty big deal. Uh, we're still actually thought of as the glory days, like of, of Berkeley. Like we were still listed as some of the fastest crews in the last 20 years at, on the national level, and I was part of that group. Um, so it was really <laughs> the timing of it was really amazing uh we went on our freshman year we went undefeated we were the first crew in 100 years to go undefeated um the first Damn. yeah it was it was nuts um at berkeley we i didn't lose a race my first two years we beat washington uh i think i have like 14 of their shirts you beat uh, the crews you get their shirt kind of thing it's a tradition um and then i went on to the na uh, national team and Spent a few years back east living in Princeton and Philly and uh, won a silver medal at the World Championships under 23 in 2001. And then um, decided to go out in the double, which was my dad's event for the Olympics, uh, and missed the Pan Am Games in 03 by 0 0.028 seconds. Oh, so man. It was a photo, a photo finish. Uh, missed it by the, that much for That's the Pan Am games so yeah wow. the, those Pan Am games were in um uh 2003 uh yeah they were in um I forget the, where they were but anyways I missed that by less than half a tenth of a second and the guys who won who went who represented uh won a gold medal um I believe in the quad and they or in the double they won a gold and then the quad they won a Silver or something like that. So we would have been those people. I mean, that's so you insane. can't say it could have, would have, should have, but yeah. it was that close. And that's just another step to making it to the Olympics. The Olympics in 2004 were in Athens. 
um, the guys that represented there in the double, which was my event, uh, were very successful. I, I don't know if we could have hung with them, but I was running with them. Uh, one of the guys, my friends, this guy, Akil, he was actually the first African-American male rower to make the Olympics from the U.S., and they made the final um, in 2004, which is the best finish I think the U.S. has done since. And so the whole, I was going to get at the, my dad, every Olympics that goes by, and I, I mentioned this to my dad, and he's like, yeah, you're right, you know? And he kind of gets this like, because he's pretty humble, he won't really talk about it, but every Olympics that goes by, I tell my dad, I remind him, I'm like, you're more famous than you were. <laughs> you're, the older you get, the more famous you are, uh, because there's only, since 1968, there's only uh, six other rowers that have won an Olympic medal in his discipline. Holy cow, so in, really? the, in the whole of sculling, which is two yeah. oars, and sweep is different. You have one oar, right? And, and sculling is two oars. And sculling in the U.S. on the men's side, there's only eight, including my dad, there's only eight individuals that have won a medal. Jeez. Oh, so and he's in some he's yeah, in pretty... And there won't be... And then this coming... I hate to say it, but the future of rowing in the U.S. is just... We're just not... We're not in that great of development, so we're trying to get there. We're trying to get back, and I know a bunch of my buddies that are trying to do well in that in that discipline. But it's really tough. The Europeans rowing is such a uh, it's a very prominent sport, in like, especially well, Western. I was going to ask, yeah. It, yeah. is it like just because it's not that big here? Like, is rowing not? Yeah, well, we you know you have basketball, you have baseball, you have so much money, right, given to so many. Bigger More sports, of those, like mainstream people are kind sports, of like, kind of. yeah. Who cares about rowing, you know? But in the rest of the world, it's, East Coast is pretty big, though, right? East Coast big, Harvard, yeah. Yale, you know, collegiate. But the collegiate focus on the bigger boats, like the sweep, and sculling, though, it's smaller boats, which we should, because that's how you get better. Mm -hmm. You row in the smaller boats, you get better in the bigger boats. But we just don't have that structure, time, money, really, what it comes down to. So, women's rowing is taken off. Yeah. So it's it's because of Title IX, uh, matching sports with other collegiate programs. Um, this year has been rough, um, I think, across the board, but it's especially been rough on, on the sport of rowing. There's a lot of programs that have been cut lately, so it's it's really been sad. Um, but we're trying to build it back, and I think, you know, uh, the women's team has been very successful. So it's, it's great to see that. Uh, a lot of opportunity there. But uh, the men... Yeah, my dad's getting more famous as time goes on. And he gets like, you know, he, he just had back surgery today. Um, and so thoughts and prayers with him. I think he's good. He's out of he's out of surgeries and recovery now. Um, and that's not from rowing. It's back. <laughs> that you guys, when I knew my dad, he was running like crazy. He ran for 30 years because he had five kids. I'm the youngest of five. And he can't go down the boathouse. All you could do is step outside and go for a run. Hey, kids, want to go for a run? So my memories of my dad growing up were actually of him running on the Strand in, um, in the South Bay, running from Torrance, Beat, Torrance all the way to Santa Monica and back on the weekends. Those were his long runs. Jesus. 20 miles. Yeah. And he put in like 40, 60-mile weeks. Um, on a regular Weeks. basis, um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I run, uh, I run like twelve feet and I'm out of breath. Yeah, and so like people freak out. They're like, "Well, you're next. You know, you're doing all these Ironmans." I'm like, "I don't run like he did. I, I just I row for my cross training. That's what makes it kind of, um, 
you know, not not the norm. It's it's unconventional training. I, I do rowing and then I do some cycling and then I run when I have to. Uh, but I generally do those things for to, for cross training. So what? I mean, how did you get into like doing triathlons and and Ironmans if you know you weren't really kind of into it in the beginning and like now yeah. you're a huge guy in that in that aspect so <laughs> yeah it's interesting like so when I was growing up when I started rowing and I started to get a grasp of what it was because like growing up my dad's in the Olympics people were like wow your dad's in the Olympics like what and like yeah no big deal you know <laughs> and you know and I, yeah. I mean it was a big deal but I was like yeah it's just it's just that's it but then when I did the sport and I understood how hard it was I was like okay wow like this is big so my dream was to make the Olympics or, for some reason, to go compete at the Ironman World Championships. And I think because I thought of that as being so hardcore, I watched it on TV. I was like, at one point, people were talking about it. This was in the 90s a lot, you know, Dave Scott and all these guys that were champions and, and what a big deal it was. I'm like, okay, those two things. So it was always on my, like, my dream bucket list, Ironman or Olympics. So one day my buddy, who's a rower, who's bigger than I am, was like, and he's kind of eccentric and kind of nuts and does all these adventure stuff. I think you met him. Um, his name is Warner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, this guy, Warner Bonner, he's a rower and also kayaker. He's a he's, he's great athlete uh, in both. One day, uh, we were pouring drinks, actually. Uh, <laughs> you, know, you guys should know the truth. Yeah. You know, I think everyone out there should know the truth. Yeah. We are down in San Diego. It was summer, you know this was 2007, and he goes, uh, yeah, Jack, I just wanted to let you know, by the way, I'm doing an Ironman next year in, uh, in Nice, France. And, uh, and you know, I'm doing that. And I go, dude, uh, I'm doing that with you. <laughs> and he didn't, I didn't even ask him. I just said, I'm doing that with you. Did you have any idea, like, what it was? Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. I knew what I I thought you were was. just like, yeah, I'll do it. No <laughs> I'll worries. jump in an Ironman. No and, worries. <laughs> and I was like, dude, I'm, I'm doing that. That's my dream. Did you know that? And he goes, no, I just, I, I'm doing it. It was my dream, too. Like, I want to do one, at least one. I was like, I'm doing it. So uh, he goes, well, you should know that Nice, and Nice, France, it's going to be really hard. And he starts going into this, like, Nice is pretty intense. It's yeah. pretty mountainy, and then well, the summertime's it's, it's hot, and it's hot, and then the, the t uh, a stage of the Tour de France is there. Yeah. The you know, so you're riding on the bike course of the Tour de France. You know, part of this. You know, in Nice, France, the water's beautiful. The beach is all rocky, and you know I mean, so I come home and I tell my dad this, and um, he's like, uh, "What?" He he goes, "How are you gonna do that?" And I was like, oh, "I'm gonna train and do it." We talking about. <laughs> He goes, no, how, seriously, how, how are you going to do this? I go, Pop, like, I need more confidence. He goes, no, seriously, how? He goes, He's he like, goes, those are hard. You know that, right? No, but he goes, yeah, Jack, you can't swim. Everyone knows this. I was like, thanks. Thanks a lot, Pop. And then, encouragement, he, Dad. and then he keeps going. He keeps going on. He goes, remember that time in junior high? He goes, uh, remember? He goes, you got cut from the water polo team in junior high, and there were no cuts. And I was like... <laughs> Okay, like, so, not what I need right now, like, Dad. Sweet reminder, Dad. Not, sweet not reminder. What right <laughs> no, not what I need. So I was, I was determined to prove him wrong, and so ironically, actually, and I, I, so I've actually done sixteen Ironmans. I didn't update my site because, uh, anyway, six technically sixteen, <laughs> sixteen no Ironmans. Hey, don't listen to me. Uh, I don't know what I'm talking about. 
and one Ultraman, which I can get out later. But Dude, um, yeah, I, we're, then, we're gonna talk about that because yeah, just and uh, and a bunch human, of, a bunch of other uh, triathlons. But anyways, uh, ironically, in France, that is still my fastest long distance swim. Really? In yeah, France. and that was in 2008. You think I get faster <laughs> as I got more? I actually got slower. My dad's like, "How did you do that?" And I was like, "I don't know." You know? <laughs> Where and, were you uh, training for swimming? Were you I, training here? I was training here. I train actually, you know, for the audience, if some of you guys live in Long Beach and you're interested in training, I do coach. Not to put, put that plug in, but I do coach for triathlons. Um, Did you uh, swim in Horny Corner right over here? No. <laughs> well, they have that swimming lane right there. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, okay. okay. But yeah, a little bit there. But actually, the distance, the exact distance for an Ironman is actually exactly the distance around Naples Island. So it's two and a half miles. So from the from the state Marine Stadium around the outside of Naples or around yeah. Naples is two and a half miles. So that's the exact distance of a Ironman swim. So it's perfect. So my dad actually, when I was training for this, he goes, "Listen, uh, you need to um, you need to swim. You need to practice. You need to make sure you know how to do this, or you can get through it." And so he actually went out in the launch and followed me around. He's like, "I'll protect you from other boats <laughs> or whatever that are going to hit you, and we'll do it." And so I got in and, and did it. And actually, it was funny because my first, when I got in the water and was first swimming, you know, everyone said, oh, I could do it, whatever, I'm an athlete. Uh-huh. I was like, I can't breathe. <laughs> I, I'm, having, I'm having trouble. My dad's like, figure it out. He go, and I, he goes, I don't have all day. Figure it out. And that was his, that was his coaching for swimming, figure it out. I love so, his dad yeah, already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was funny. Like, I did a, we did a triathlon a couple years ago, my buddy and I. And we signed up for like on a whim, right? Like we were at a bar drinking and we found a triathlon. We're like, dude, that sounds fun. We've done like Tough Mudders. We've done all these other adventure races. And this was like, you know, early, late, late 2008 or like 2009, 10, somewhere in that area. So we do a triathlon. I remember him and I were like, dude, we'll start training. It's like nine months from now. We'll show up and we're going to do great. So we show up at this triathlon. I remember like the night before, I'm like, hey, how, how much have you trained? <laughs> Like we both looked at each you other. Had, you had we both, nine months. Yeah, to we we both looked at each other like just laughed at it, right? And yeah. so, dude. But I was like, I grew up swimming. I grew up on swim teams. I grew up swimming. I could swim. It's not a big deal. We jumped in the lake, and I started swimming. And I like started off like super strong. I'm like, cool. I'm doing great. And like halfway through the swim, I'm like, I'm dying. Like, okay, I might die right now. I might die in the middle of this. Like the first part of this thing right now yeah. in this triathlon. I was like, I'm about to die this in the middle it. of this. This but is how it ends. For I me. somehow managed to like. I hustle my way through the swim, but dude, it's gnarly. Swimming is like the only sport where you're outside of like skydiving, where you're literally just fighting to save your life the entire time. Yeah, <laughs> and on top of that, you know, this was back in 2008. They were still doing mass start swim, so like in um, now they have single file like or seated lane or seated times, right? So oh yeah, we did a mass having, start in that triathlon right? where everyone's all just mayhem. Oh dude, it's gnarly, but it's yeah. like a human washing machine. Yeah, and it's, uh, <laughs> I've done four of them: uh, Nice, France. Uh, with the helicopter and everyone, okay, everyone. And they had like you know the techno plane, like okay, everybody, <laughs> like three, yeah, let's get it. Three thousand people on the beach. You're like, okay, go. Yeah, and so just, just out there, just three thousand people at the same just time. Mob into the water. Oh yeah, mob. And my buddy got elbowed, punched, grabbed. I mean, you get. It's like it, it's people crazy. are like poking eyes to get an advantage. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 nuts. It's gnarly, and that's probably my least favorite thing. And they took that out. They removed that that kind of feeling. So we, not even in the Ironman World Championships last year when I competed, they had a seated start. So because people died, you know, I mean, it's not a surprise. Like, uh, 
they had a few they had two deaths in one event in South Africa a few years ago and that that that's what they were like okay we can't have this you know you usually get a death a year or whatever and the more events they'd have but that was part of the the culture yeah. like they almost liked it you know when when they actually changed the rule people were like oh and yeah. I was like actually come on you know <laughs> like, it's hey you know it's, it's just already, a safety thing it's um, hard it's hard enough and it's unnecessary but it's like kind of that like that brute machismo kind of or it's just like the character of the race but I did yeah in Nice France uh Brazil was um, Brazil your food poisoning no, Texas. I got oh, food poisoning. Texas. Yeah, that was later. You did so, a f- yeah. was it a full triathlon that you did, or was it an Ironman? Uh, Ironman. Yeah. So, you did an Ironman with food poisoning? Yeah, <laughs> and it didn't work out so well. <laughs> that was another story. But, yeah. So uh, yeah, uh, Denise, uh, Brazil. Um, was the the third was in uh, uh, Cozumel. Uh, there's a story for each one of these, and then um, and then Australia was my last mass start. So, uh, yeah, so it's just like, it's just, I'm just glad they got rid of that and for safety reasons. And the swimming is always the part that freaks people out the most, but it's actually the shortest, easiest part, if that makes sense. So it's the shortest, it's only like an hour and a half. It's like 20% of the race. Um, but it's that's that's short. (laughs) Yeah. But it's, uh, but it's the least. Like now it's like the easiest because you don't have the mass start. The mass starts what freaks everyone out. Yeah. So it's kind of rough. I mean, I had to look it up because I didn't know, but like an Olympic distance triathlon race begins with a thousand meter swim, which is a little over a half a mile. And then you go into a 24 mile bike ride and a six mile run. Second half of that doesn't sound too bad for me. Like I'm like, <laughs> I could struggle through 24 miles in a six mile run. Yeah. That half mile swimming i there's no way i'd die yeah it's long so you just have to put your mind and and then you go like you double that for a half iron man and then you double that for a full iron man yeah so so it's a sprint uh which starts everything's really doubled so you sprint it's like 500 meter swim uh 12 mile 11 mile mile, 10 12 mile mile bike bike ride and then then a three mile mile run run. yeah and then the the Olympic is double that, and then half Ironman is double that, and then a full Ironman is double that, and then an Ultraman is double that, and that's that. <laughs> so is, an yeah, Ultra Marathon's a five mile swim. Uh, it's a six point two mile swim, and then it's a hundred two hundred seventy mile bike ride yeah. and a fifty two mile run. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like the distances. Like what? The distances are kind of. <laughs> a little bit weird on that, but it's basically. But that's spread out Ironman. over like multiple days, right? The ultra three, day, three days, yeah. Okay. And that's the longest, like, because there's a lot of events out there. People talk about the Badwater Run that goes from Badwater to the top of Mount Whitney, right? It's a 132 mile run. There's a lot of these, like ultra distance, the, the Uberman um, that James Lawrence just did, uh, that did a relay that some lady swam from Catalina to. LA and then he rode a bike from LA to Vegas and then or something like you know I mean just ridiculous <laughs> mileage so there's all these like other races that will keep pushing the envelope but the Ultraman is I believe it's still the longest uh, single actually, man the, well the longest like most organized I don't want to like put other races down but uh, most like uh like professionally organized race so they have like an actual like results not that they don't have results for other things but these are actually published results that are 
you know, recognized. And then they have an Ultraman World Championship in Hawaii. So that's like the longest, you know, organized kind of race that there is in the world. So that's what I did two years ago. And that was on a dare. And... <laughs> And then another race. Yeah, I love how so, like none of these yeah. have been like serious. Like humble dare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were drinking one night yeah. and decided to do this. This guy dared me to do that. Yeah. Well, it was on uh, social media actually, and a, a guy uh, uh, was like, "You think you're tough? You know, um, I dare you to do Ultraman." I was like, "Fine." And uh, I got fired up and did it, and I then I was like, "Oh no, this is gonna be crazy." So <laughs> what I I'm, I'm, I'm really glad I did do it, um, and. Uh, so and then another. How'd you finish in that one? <laughs> almost last. <laughs> I mean, my my goal. I'm two twenty six three. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm no I'm no triathlete. Yeah, I was gonna say like you're pretty big it. for being oh, like yeah. a triathlete. And people still look at me like you do what? You're like yeah. <laughs> and so it's it's really hard on my body. But not then to make you... excuses, but it's it's just really long. And so my goal is just to finish that one. Um, but then you live with Jack. And you see how he trains when you live with them. And the guy literally will do like six spin classes a day plus like five rowing classes. And I mean, he's working out literally all day long. I would be at the house and he'd be like, he's like, hey, I got three spin classes this afternoon. Just why don't you jump in one or two of these and a couple <laughs> rows? I'm like, Matt's yeah. like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say. I was like, I mean, you think just just another failure? Boys could could do like a, a half Ironman? I'd do a half Ironman. You think we could yeah, actually handle I, that? You guys, oh, yeah. I mean, I tell yeah. people like you get the amount of time, you get enough time to finish one. You could walk, basically almost walk the full marathon or half. You could cruise in the swim. And you could even cruise on the bike, and you could finish one. I tell people you could finish one. It's just a matter of how long you're going to be out there. You know, I mean, what, you might be out there for what a while. Is the, so what is that? That's a 1.2-mile swim, a 56-mile bike ride, and, and then a, a half mile. marathon. Yeah. That's not bad. And you have, Dude, like... The, see, the second half doesn't sound bad to me, but that 1.2-mile swim is, yeah, like, frightening. Yeah. The swim always, like I said, the swim freaks people out. Yeah. And it should. I mean, it's it's, it's long, and... It's arduous and, you know, it takes a lot out of you, uh, especially if you're a weak swimmer like I am. Uh, but then on the bike is my strength because of rowing. So. That's where we always do good. And that's where yeah. I did good in my triathlon. I got out of the swimming and I like, I pumped in the bike riding. Yeah. And then the running, I like fell to the back again. Yeah, that's what I was like. I'm peeking at the yeah. bike ride and then everything else is just going to be a joke. And then the run, I'm, I'm decent, but not, I'm just too big to, but I could run, you know, reasonable splits uh, for a big guy. But, but yeah, the bike is the majority of the race. So that's where I make up a lot of time too. And I tell people like, because people are like, well, rowing, biking, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, no, it absolutely makes sense because in rowing, seventy percent of your power comes from your legs. Yeah, it's a lot so, of leg leg power coming yeah, from that but as well. A lot of people in the past they think rowing's all arms. It's oh, the whole body, it's full but body, it's absolutely. but it's mostly legs. Is the, the drive. So it's like doing a power clean over and over again. Um, a rowing race actually is very similar. I kind of do like to do analogies to other sports or to get people to understand. But a rowing race feels like you're on a BOSU ball and you're doing 300 jump squats on a BOSU ball with weights. Uh, by doing, you know, that's it's it's pretty. It's a lot of balance. It's a lot of agility it's a lot of power and endurance all at the same time so you're using everything yeah no rowing is um, gnarly just yeah. sitting on a rowing well, machine you, is is brutal you were doing the um what was it, like six-man rowing machines where you guys were hooking up rowing machines like kind of like a boat and they're like on a slide where you guys were rowing against each other and yeah so that was at the that's a, a new 
that was like a new event that they did at the World Championships this past year in Long Beach. Um, at the indoor, they, we had the Long Beach at the Pyramid, they hosted the indoor World Championships. So we actually, they had a team event where you hook up four machines and you're on a slider. And it's kind of hard to explain, but they take the, the total time from each, each group with weight adjustment and we barely won that race too, because that was like a week after my Ultraman coming back, and I was you're just I toasted. Was jello. I, was, I was Jello toast. That was um, a pretty cool concept, though. Like I haven't seen oh, like totally. the rowing machines got put on a slide, and like you're lined up, like you're in a boat, yeah. and like the rowing machines are moving, like oh, on really? a slide. That's yeah. kind of gnarly, yeah, actually. The, the team event, it's on YouTube and everything. Yeah. yeah how so far cool. is a like a rowing? Like how far do you do like a normal race for you guys? So there's a standard distance the olympic standard distance is 2000 meters so it's a little over a mile mm-hmm. um yeah but they have other distances like 6k uh like 4k there's a race in boston called head of the charles it's the biggest uh like most popular race in the world and you race up the charles and it's like four and a half k 5k so it's like three miles um, but the Olympic standard distance, the distance we always race in college, national team, Olympics, is 2,000 meters. So you have one distance, and then you race at different boats, you know, whatever your boat of choice is, whether it be an eight, a four, a double, a single, uh, a quad, or, you know, there's a lot of different boats there. So, so yeah, and that, that's where um, I actually own my gym my fitness center called row works uh in long beach so we do indoor rowing classes um and we overlook the water in marine stadium where the 32 olympics were so it's like it's a kind of a a really cool concept it's catching on there's a lot of places that use rowing now crossfit um a lot of different other gyms that are incorporating rowing because they understand that it's such a a great tool for endurance, you know. Well, You're the one like that got very, me. Go ahead. Or I was just going to say it's like very low impact for people yeah. too, so it's a good way to I mean if you have an injury or something, you can still oh, yeah. stay fit, but it's, you know, sometimes people can't run or something like that, you know. Yeah. yeah. You're sure. the one that got me into rowing, you know, living with you and I bought a rowing machine and yeah. like I injured my knee recently um running and impact was hard on my knee, but I just went back to rowing and rowing works great. Like it's still one of my favorite workouts of all times and I, I don't think people really understand it. Like with you too, like technique's a big thing, right? You know, like people, yeah. you, I'll have a lot of people jump on the rowing machine at my house when they're working out. I'm like, you've rowed before, right? And they're like, oh yeah. And like, you look at their technique and it's like, you're all messed up. Like yeah. you're, you're not just even, like pulling yeah, just you're not arms. even using the machine, like, right? You you know? and, yeah. It's funny. Cause, uh, you know, you get kids on the machines, like let's say 15 and younger and they don't overthink it and they figure it out within like a few strokes, but you get adults on there and they just. <laughs> Oh, like, cool. I mean, if you're familiar like, with yeah. weights, it's 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 better. But yeah, technique, just like and I again analogies, I, I use it all the time just to get people to think about things differently. Perception and reality. They think rowing is kayaking, they think it's something a canoeing or something else. You know, they think it's all arms. And then you gotta tell them no, it's like swimming or golf or tennis or um, baseball. These are all strokes, right? right? Tennis stroke, golf stroke, and then you get them thinking, Oh, that's that's hard to do a golf stroke or to do a swimming stroke. And I tell them it takes time to learn the stroke. So it's not like cycling where you get on a bike and you just go because it's just legs. And that's not to be, I was a spin instructor for 15 years. I mean, <laughs> no offense to cycling, but it's, that's why it's so popular because it's easy. Everyone knows how to ride a bike. It's all legs, one body part. 
you do use it a little bit of core or whatever, but let's be honest again, you look at the guys the Tour de France, their upper body's like, you know, like rail thin, you know. But rowers, more body, like swimmers, you're using more muscles, it's harder, it's more to figure it out. It's, it takes more time. It's not harder, you just have to pay more attention to your body mechanics and how things are going. So that's where I really try and come in. Obviously my dad was an Olympic coach, so when I tell people that, they're like, oh, and I go, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe we'll listen to you, I don't know. (laughs) But I do get some people that are like, uh, no, that's not how you do it, or you do it like this. And I'm like, well, no, you need to, you know, (laughs) think about doing it like this. And, you know, and I also mentioned, you know, coaches I've had, I've been really lucky enough to have um, the best coaches, uh, some of the best coaches ever to in the United States for my sport. Uh, Steve Gladstone, who's now at Yale, he's the winningest coach in collegiate history for NCAA championships. It's like having, uh, uh, you know, coaches from UCLA or, you know, yeah. some of the icon, world icons. You have yeah. that as your coach, and you have your dad, who's an Olympic coach. Um, then you have uh, Mike Tatey, who won a gold medal. He was my coach in 2004 for the Athens Olympic Games, the first U.S. crew to win a gold medal in 50 years. He was my coach and the national team. Then you have Ted Nash, another uh, amazing Olympic coach who's coached, you know, for 60 years. So it's like all these guys um, over the years, all this information packed into one. It's pretty crazy, like the timing of it to have all that um, in my life. And then I kind of exude that or trying to explain that to people who come without being like, totally intimidating and like oh I have to you know pro perfectly it's like no just take your time and understand that this is where how you do it and this is the form because I think I I could speak for everyone I think if anyone wants to learn something they want to do it right if you're going to do it you do it right and you want to learn to get the most out of it right so you don't want to do anything and just be like I don't care and just be like whatever, I'm going to get a workout anyways, because if you do that with any sport, you're going to get A, you're going to get hurt, injured, B, you're not going to get the best workout, um, and then you may not come back, because you're like, whatever, what's the big deal? So it's, uh, so I try to make it fun, I tell a lot of stories, Um, I have a lot of stories from, from triathlon to rowing to then just current uh, things that are going on in the world, especially just focusing on fitness, um, you know, sports um, related to endurance, or running or cycling. I make a lot of crossovers, um, and I just remind people how how important it is, how how great it is to how lucky we are to really live here and get a view of the water and to be an historical landmark and all that stuff. So that's so. That's what I'm doing now mainly is is that Real Works gym. But my other passion, uh, I think why I've done so many Ironmans, because people ask me, like, why do you do it? Do you love pain? I'm like, <laughs> no, I, I just I like to compete. I love to compete. Yeah. I love to compete against, against myself. So you're competing with, uh, with Ironman, with triathlon. You compete against yourself, and you're with others. So that's really a cool thing, you know. And, I mean, I wanted to ask you because you've, competed in some pretty crazy events um i I read on one of them it's is it called the norseman extreme triathlon yeah yeah where you're dropped (laughs) off in the middle of like glacier water (laughs) at 55 degrees and you gotta wear like a full suit for the swim oh yeah yeah and then it's 
a gnarly bike ride over like five gnarly peaks and yeah. just gnar- like horrible so weather I had, conditions. I had a hunch you guys would ask me about that. And that <laughs> well, I saw this. I'm like, yeah. dude, what? <laughs> so that that race was the single hardest day of my life. Um, people ask me like, what's your favorite race or where's your favorite place or what's your you know, and I say, well, I could tell you what my hardest day was. It's easy, and that's that day, the Norseman. Um, it is described as the hardest, toughest triathlon in the world, um, old Ironman distance race in the world. It's not considered Ironman because Ironman doesn't own it. It's like mm-hmm. a brand name, but it's Ironman distance. Um, I saw multiple athletes cry on the course, <laughs> grown men <laughs> crying. You know? So that was, you know, that's just one of the examples. I don't want to run anymore. Yeah. I don't want to do um, it. It's, it's freezing cold. It's it, the, the climbing alone on the bike. I mean, I have to, I have to, I can't really describe it. I could just say, let me just tell you this. So when I was driving the course, cause usually you drive it and you like, you're, you're taking a look at the scenery and you're getting a feel. Yeah. When I was driving in a car, on the course, seeing what I was about to do on the bike. <laughs> After about an hour, there's five peaks on this ri- bike ride. It's 17,000 feet of climbing. Okay, Which is so, so gnarly. Yeah. 17,000 feet, feet alone on the bike of climbing. <laughs> and the I peaks, do like 2,000 in a day yeah. and I'm toast. Right. Yeah. So it's all in, that's just part, that's just the bike ride. It's 112 miles, but there's five peaks. So you have to go up and down, up and down. And on the climb, so there's 17,000 feet, the grades are like 8 to 10%. 10%. Like the so, car is struggling yeah. going up the hill, there, and you're like, cool, I got to ride this? Sweet. Yeah, so that doesn't exist here in the U.S. Think about it. When people, max grade in the U.S. is 6%. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So six. So I tell people, like, when I'm driving on 6 or 7%, I'm like, you see this grade right here? They're like, yeah, I'm like. Ride a, ride a bike there. I'm like, they're like, no. Imagine 10, percent which is like, <laughs> they don't even have that because no. it's not safe. And it's, in Norway, no. it's like everywhere. But uh, <laughs> I so mean, I, Norway is just like one big peak. So, so, right. <laughs> so I had to get out of the like after an hour of driving. I was like, freak. My dad's like, what's wrong? I was like, stop the car. It's good. I have to get out. I have to get out. And I literally, uh, you know, was scared, <laughs> scared. So I had to go to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> like. Not to be descriptive, but I was so scared of yeah. this thing. I, my body reacted like, you you're, you know. Your body's in there going, rejected. bro, what are you doing? It just rejected. So I, I anyway, so that that's a that's kind of a description of, uh, of how gnarly it was as far as, and then just being freezing cold. Um, what time of year was it in Norway? It was in August. Okay. So it's like their yeah. warmest time. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the the... You have to have a good support team. It's self-supported. Um, I have my teammate, uh, this guy Nito Simonson, who is an Olympian actually in Norway from for rowing. He was our team captain, so it all worked out. My dad was friends with a, a Norwegian uh, Hans Peter who uh, lives in Norway. His daughter Hanna uh, Chupik, who's actually the I most know. Norwegian names ever. Yeah. Hans I know Hans really. and Hanna. Yeah, yeah. Hans, Hanna, Nito. And Hans, Hanna, Nito. I love it. Yeah, and these guys, uh, <laughs> it, it, they all helped out through the race, and they all spoke Norwegian. And actually, that guy, uh, my dad's friend, uh, Hanna's uh, father, and I rode with Hanna. She was in in college when I was a junior in Long Beach. She was here for a exchange program and then stayed. Um, and there was a rower. Anyway, he was the one that brought it up, and he was like, and he doesn't speak a lot, and he was like, hey, 
I, I noticed you're doing Iron Man's. You think you're tough? You think you're tough? And I'm like, oh, no, here we go again. <laughs> you're like, what, and, and what am he, I getting there to do this time? Yeah, and he's like, do the Norseman. So I watched a video with my dad, and my dad's like, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And so so there's a lottery for this thing. Like, there's like, they only allow 300 people, 250, and then they invite some pros and stuff like that. So it's like 300, I think, total. So you have to first win the lottery to get in, to get accepted, then you sign up. So I remember, and then my teammate, Nito, was like, he was quiet one time, and we were in Boston. We had a reunion row for our rowing team, and he never really talks to me. And, you know, I mean, he's pretty serious and intense, and we joke and stuff. But he turns to me after when we're at dinner, and he goes, hey, hey, he elbows me. He goes, uh, if you want to do that uh, Norway, Norseman race, um, you know, I got you. I'll, uh, I'll help you support. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Nito's like, you know, like, yeah. you won't do it. Yeah. You won't. I'm like, well, Nito, you know I have to win the lottery first. He goes, I know, I know. But if He's like, do, I'll help you win the lottery. Yeah, he's like, wink, wink, guy. <laughs> yeah. you know, he's like, I got a guy on the so, inside. Yeah. So he's like, yeah. if you win, you know, and get in, I'll, I, you know, I'll, I'll help you do it. I'm like, oh, God. So then, so actually, ironically, I, I'm in Vegas uh, running the half marathon in Vegas uh, during the drawing. And I wake up at the Hard Rock Hotel after my a lot my of half, good times there. Uh, seven, yeah, seven, seven. After my yeah, <laughs> after my half marathon, I wake up the next day and I get a notification like you've been you've been selected, you've won the lottery to get into endorsement. And I'm like, like oh, oh my, god, is this I have a bad to do this joke? now. Like, usually in Vegas, you win like money. Yeah. Now I win an entry to like endorsement. <laughs> so I'm like, oh no. And so I have like a, t- a couple days to decide. And I text my buddy, my my teammate, and he's like. You guys jump off a boat for the swim? Yeah. Oh. Jump off a ferry Yeah, they boat. take you. Yeah, this is what I was, yeah. like, looking at. And they just drop you off in the middle of this thing. And yeah. there's no, like, buoys or anything, no. right? Oh, like, yeah, that's the other, that's the crazy. Like, they, yeah. They, anyway, so I get I backtrack a little yeah. bit. Then I'll get into that. But I win the lottery, sign up. And then, uh, and then they're like, okay, yeah, we're, de- we're going forward. And then I, I – anyway, so the fast forward, I get on the ferry boat. And everyone's sitting there. Everyone's freaking out. And, this is at um, like 5 a.m. by the yeah, way. Yeah, 5 a.m. I didn't sleep the night before hardly. I was really nervous. And uh, Max grades 20.9 percent. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. Some... <laughs> this is what I was talking about. This race is nuts. Yeah. So then they they take you out in the middle of the fjord, and then they then they call it the jump. Are you ready for the jump? So here it is, like freezing cold water. I have this really cool wetsuit on that's. Uh, keeping me warm i see uh actually james lawrence there and he's the guy that did the 50 50 50 did 50 ironmans in 50 states 50 straight days this guy's famous he did uh yeah he's uh, got a netflix on yeah he's a friend of mine actually on facebook he was one of my first friends when he did this back in 2015 and all this stuff anyways so i see him before the jump and i'm like and he recommended these wetsuits and he was helping people out and I walk up to him, I'm like, uh, dude, I, I'm a big fan. I follow you. Um, I, I got this wetsuit because of your recommendation. And he looks at me and he goes, you're going to be, you're going to do awesome. You got this. Your money. And I go, yeah, I am. I'm good. I'm good. I'm going to be good. You know? That's all I needed. This, That's all I needed. This, this is like, this is the guy. This is one of the, he's listed as one of the fittest people on ESPN last year. I mean, ESPN Magazine is one of the 50th fittest people in the world and all this stuff. Anyways. So I jump off and I'm like 
it, people are freaking out in the jump and I just go, yeah, whatever, jump right in. Your whole, smiling. You're like, should I do a flip? Yeah. Or? <laughs> so I jump in and yeah, there's no buoys. Uh, I was actually laughing during the during the <laughs> swim. It actually was kind of a ironically a peaceful swim because there wasn't three thousand people there. There was only two hundred and fifty. So we de- developed this kind of serpentine snake in the water where I was just drafting off everybody, and, and the and there was no one around. It's kind of peaceful and nice, and you just follow the shore. <laughs> but I but as soon as I realized. <laughs> They it's kind of peaceful, it's kind of peaceful yeah. this insane 50, swim 50 in 50 degrees. degree water. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I was warm. I had like the hoodie. They allow you. They're like, listen, we don't want you to freeze to death. We'll we'll provide you with the wet or we'll we'll let you wear like certain things. You, you guys are already kind of going through hell. Yeah. You know? So make it a little easier on you. So can you like, wear fins in this or no? No, no. Okay. No you can can wear, you wear booties? You can wear booties. Okay. Yeah. But and you can do. Yeah. I mean, I was fine. Um, it was freezing, but I was fine. Um, but. In the middle of the swim, I was like, no way. Like, because I was like, where's the marker? They have a bonfire on the beach, like, like Viking style. That's like 100 feet high. And they're like, touche Norway. They're like, just go there. Touche Norway. Go to the fire. And you're like, really? That's it? You know, in the middle of the swim. During the race, I'm like, my ancestor would be proud. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. Like, there's a freaking fire. Swim to the fire. And then you swim to the fire. Get it, go. And then you take a, you make a hard left when you get near the dock, and then you make a right, and you're on shore. And and my dad was there; it was really cool. Uh, you know, you have to be a. So it's kind of an interesting thing because when you're racing, it's like a race within the race. You have to be on the on the top 160 athletes, 160, to go to the top of the mountain. You'll still finish if you're the 250, but you just won't go to the top. So here's my dad. His, you know, his typical like he's not like the good job you know like, like that's how coddle. my dad is too this is <laughs> i not, love your dad he's not like your coddling. dad does the same stuff my dad does he just yells out he goes 176 <laughs> and, I'm, and i'm like i'm like, like a true olympian coach i'm like oh, thanks yeah. pop he goes yeah hustle it up hustle it up and then through the bike just do better through do the better bi- through the bike he's he's got this yellow pad uh, and he's following the because you have a GPS, you have your rankings, you know. And he's like uh, one sixty five. And by the way, Anna's ahead of you, <laughs> you know. Like girls, girls are beating you. Little jabs at you. <laughs> yeah, the whole he's time. just like and, and and Christina's ahead of you. And catch this, Anna keeps passing you. What's wrong with you? Like during the, I'm like pop, settle down. He's like, hurry up. I don't have all you know. <laughs> I don't have all day. All right, come on. <laughs> yeah, and so. Uh, but uh, one thing he said, he felt bad for me at one point in the race because uh, I was wearing these, these gloves on the bike ride, and they're supposed to be water wicking. And uh, you're going up the first climb, and it's, like, ridiculous. And the first climb, it's nuts. It's, like, 10,000 or, I don't know, 8,000 feet. It's crazy. So I came down, and I was overheating because you have a jacket, you're cold, and then you're overheating because you're up. So I was like, I need to take off this jacket and, and the gloves. So my dad's like, okay, uh, give me your gloves. So I give him my gloves, and he goes like this, and, and all this water pours out. Oh. It's all sweat. And he's like, oh, my God. You know, and that to him was like, wow. Like, you, the, that's, those are water wicking gloves, and you're sweating that much, <laughs> and, and you're freezing. Like probably because you have all this. He knows about cooling and heating yeah. and being at altitude and all this stuff. So, 
I think at that point he had there was a little respect that kicked in, but he was still like, uh, hustle, hustle up, hustle <laughs> up. <laughs> still only one sixty-two. Let's yeah. get her going here. Let's get it going. So in the in the Ring end, these out a little bit. <laughs> in the end, yeah, at the marathon part, I was trying to hustle, but I pretty much blew up. Uh, my buddy was like, uh, and then my buddy comes in, uh, my 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 teammate from rowing, who's guiding me on the last part of the run. We assigned people to help out at different parts. Um, he actually drove by in his car when I was on the bike <laughs> and I was descending. So here is the last ascent. And he pulls up next to me on in his car and he's about to help me on the run part, you know, which is the marathon at the end. And um, he's he like 153. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so he drives up next to me and he looks over at me. He goes, Hey, man, how you doing? And like all like smiling and like, Hey, how's it going? And I look over and I'm, I'm just like, like, I hate you. Right I, now. I, I I was and he goes. He's got uh, a beer. Uh, <laughs> he, go, he goes. You gonna be all right? You don't look so good. And I'm like, you know, I'll see you down at the at the run. So he then grabs me at the run and he's helped me change. And I'm like freezing. I'm like shaking, shivering, have the chills, and borderline like gonna lose it. And he goes, Hey man, um, you don't look so good. And I was like, <laughs> uh, Yeah, I'm not doing so good. And he's like, No, uh, are you gonna be okay? You don't look so good. I'm like, Nito, just shut up. And give me the jacket. <laughs> Not like, what I need to hear right now. He goes, he goes, it's like 70 degrees. You don't need that. I'm like, Nito, shut up. Like, give me the, <laughs> give me the stuff because I need to stay warm. Yeah. And he was just giving it to me straight. And I'm like, I don't need straight right now. I need help. You know, <laughs> I, need, I help. need like help. <laughs> Lie straight to my face and tell me it's gonna be okay. <laughs> I need motivational help, and you know, so, so actually, the the run started off kind of horrible, but then it ended up better but i missed the the mountain at the end so you get the blood you get it by the way you don't get a medal for this. i was gonna say that's like the worst part is you don't even get anything from it you, right? get, you just you get a high five you get a high five and a t-shirt you get a t-shirt <laughs> that says you finished and it's like coveted and they give you a black shirt if you get to the top which is coveted black shirt or you get a white shirt if you don't go to the top so i was 176 so i missed that cut off but it was like 40 minutes between, and you never know, like year to year. So the next year that happened, um, they said it was like the competitor said it was a lot easier, like meaning like the temperatures were warmer. And also like my year, there was a guy that set the record. Like, I think it still stands like that James Lawrence was there. There was a lot of ringers that year, like a lot of good athletes. I'm not trying to make excuses, but it, but there's only it, 250 of you guys? Yeah, there's yeah. only like 250. They let 160. But some years are, I'm, I'm just going to say it, some years are harder than others. It's right. like anything. It's like yeah. who shows up, right? Yeah. So I was bummed. But I, then when I found out it was like 40 minutes from being 160th, I was like, you know what? I couldn't have made that up. Like me, 220 on the bike, 17,000 feet of climbing. I was geared a little wrong. Like my bike wasn't ideal for the gearing. I just didn't know. I was like 10% grades, 20, you mentioned 20. 20.9 is the well, max grade. you can't even grade. like train for that. Like you can't, here. yeah, and you can barely like get up the, literally there's people walking their bikes and they're going faster than I was. And I was like, I'm not getting off. <laughs> I'm not getting off. And I did see grown men cry and I was like, I, I don't want to, I want to unsee that because that's like demoralizing. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. You see that. So yeah, it was, it was, that was a rough, a rough race, but uh it was cool to say you've done it. I've mentioned it to other people that have done the Ironman World Championships multiple times. And they gave me crap. They're like, oh, you haven't done the Kona three times. I'm like, well, I did Kona once. 
just recently, and I did do the Norseman, and they freak out. They're like, I'll do the Norseman, too. You know, so they all like, it's I got like a the challenge, you know. <laughs> so it's kind of cool to say you've done, it is, it's cool to say you've done Norseman, Ultraman, and, and the Kona World Championships all, you know, within a few years. So it's pretty, not many people have done that. So it's, it's pretty cool. That's absolutely yeah. gnarly. Yeah. yeah, there was a guy that I was flying earlier this year, and I was part of the the trip and he did the seven marathon seven continents challenge yeah yeah Yeah, and he ended up doing um it was seven marathons seven continents in like 83 hours so he did it in like three and a half days he did seven marathons on seven continents in like three and a half it was like the biggest feat i've ever done in aviation as far as like crewing and like getting that many crews and that many people at this many stops to get him around the world that fast but that was a pretty unique challenge just watching him train for that yeah compete on that level that was a pretty cool one too because yeah. you start in Antar- uh, you start in Antarctica. That's where Marathon One is. Wow! And then he picked his route around the world in seven, all seven continents in three and a half days. Yeah, it's 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 gnarly. I mean, uh, like the Ultraman after three days and thirty three hours, um, you know, that broke me. But the single hardest day. I mean, running running fifty two miles in one day it just sucks. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's just yeah. like it's just long. It took um, me a thirty days to do a hundred miles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's it, it's uh, yeah, it's a lot. And, Where did um, you do the Ultra Ironman? Where is that at? So the Ultra Man was uh, in Florida, in Orlando, um, and I remind people, you know, that there's alligators out there, and the, of course the organizer was like, "There's no alligators here," but. You never know, you know. So it's he like, looks over everybody. Dude, yeah. like, here in the ocean. Dude, wake, dude, wakeboarding in Florida is still like one of the gnarliest things ever because you'd be on the back of the boat, like getting on your board, and you'd look over, and there's literally alligators just lying down the shore. And you're like, nope, I'm good. They're like, no, they're fine. They don't mess with you. And you literally jump in the water, and you see like four get in the water. Yeah, why, like, are okay. like, why is everyone from Florida like cool just <laughs> swimming with alligators? Yeah. Why is that just normal? And then it was God blazing hot there. It was really hot. That year they changed the course, so you're out. Uh, actually, it was construction. So they had it on, you're on the clay, these clay roads on the run, and it got up to like 90, 95, and that was really tough. I was only, I was 15 minutes away from not finishing on the last day. That would have been really, really heartbreaking, but I managed to get through that. But, um, but yeah, Orlando, Florida, they have one in Canada. Uh, they have a world championships in Hawaii where you actually race around Kona, um, around the island, and then... Um, they have one in Arizona. I believe they were going to start one. And only 50 athletes, they cap it at 50 athletes per event. So, but 45, 40 um, usually sign up and then like 35 or so. Like they usually have like five people that don't finish on average. So I was second to last in that race, you know, and. Hey, you still um, finished though. I still finished. That right. was the goal. Yeah, hey, I, still counts. Yeah, you know, still the, counts. The best. So I always say, as long as just finish, right? Yeah, the, that was the goal. That was the ultimate. I, I wasn't competing. There was some. There was a guy uh, that actually broke the Ultraman record that was at our race, and um, he ended up being in a wheelchair after that race. He was wheeled into the airport, and he was. This guy was a pro. Just because he was done, oh, like he, he had nothing totally, left. Yeah, totally Cooked destroyed. Himself. Yeah, and I was destroyed too, but. Well, so just to let everybody know, I mean, we I need to talk about that because that's a 6.2-mile swim followed by a 270-mile bike ride and then a 52-mile run. So 
Yeah, you get 12 hours each day to finish each segment. Each segment. Yeah. So they first s- you swim 6.2 plus a 90-mile bike ride. Then the second day is a 170-mile bike ride. And then the third day is 52-mile run. Yeah. You just got to do that run on the last day. You just got to go run 52 miles in Dude, a day. Dude, you had to yeah. ride 170 miles. Your legs are already yeah. gone. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. And then you got to go run 52. Yeah. And so every, each day, it's like the plan was is you keep your heart rate. Well, for me. And I took this actually this uh, this idea from James Lawrence. Uh, again, I'm going to mention him a lot because that was the guy I looked up to. He's done these ultra things. And uh, I was like, what are these guys doing? You know, how, did, how are they doing this? And he said, heart rate, keep it below 120. That's it. 120. That's just try max. and keep like a consistent pace because throughout the whole exactly. thing. Exactly. Pace it, heart rate, 120. And I was like, okay. So that's what I did. I trained 120. I did 20-hour uh, 20 as a, 20 hours a week of training. I put in more training than I was when I was uh, about the same as I was when I was training the national team. So I was putting in like for eight months training leading up to this race. I was training like 20 hour weeks, like on average, and at just low heart rate, like steady state we call it, or lower than that, uh, zone two. And so, yeah, and the swim chill out you know just finish it i was last out of the swim i'm a terrible swimmer I, f- I figured that but on the bike that's my strength so i picked it up on the bike a little bit caught up on the second day 170 miles the longest i've ever ridden in my life was 130 in <laughs> tucson uh in one day before that and I, I was like okay this is the longest i've ever gone i love that just like <laughs> unprepared everything like yeah. this just literally defines what we got going yeah. here at just and then the last day was was the kicker that was what worried me the most the swim was what worried me at first and then i got through that and then the run was like on my mind like i was uh, and my buddy was hilarious my best friend billy um who, who got who and my friend tim who both uh guided me through this race because you have to have a support to race um were the two guys that really helped me and they were the perfect combo uh but billy on the third day as we were driving into the start of the run he goes dude you're about to run 52 miles in the car <laughs> don't you love when yeah. your friends just remind you of just like the yeah. dumbest stuff that <laughs> yeah and, and the support crew is supposed to again like supposed pump to be you like, up pump they're called a up. support crew yeah. right? support not freak you out not, and i just turn around to billy and go please Stop. Don't ever say that again. You know, just, just don't just stop talking. How's yeah. He goes, Are you are you freaking out right about now? I'm like, Yeah. yeah just stop, please. <laughs> like support me. How so, nervous are you on like a scale of one to ten? You you're pretty bad right now? Yeah, good, okay. Yeah, I'm pushing a fifteen right now. <laughs> I was I was gonna ask though too, like what's what's like your mentality going into something like that? Like are you just trying to keep it mellow or is it like in the back of your head you're like, Oh my god, this is fifty two miles? Yeah, so that's something that a lot of athletes will talk about. Uh, one of the quotes on the race course, which, you know, um, I, I, I take things in, in little bits, right? One of the quotes on the race course was like, how do you eat elephant, you know, in pieces, you know, bit by bit. Mm-hmm. That was the one popular thing on the race course. I take things in uh, on that. In that day, I was thinking about six-mile uh, segments. So the first... As I was running, we started like 5 a.m. We said a prayer before. <laughs> um, we always, you know, it's very spiritual. It's like really cool, like the family we call it the Hana um, and uh, Ohana, and just it's a Hawaiian kind of thing. And then 
we take off and 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 I so I was just thinking about the first six miles, the next six miles, the next six miles, and honestly, up until the marathon. So you get to a marathon, and then after a marathon, twenty six miles, I was like, okay, I got another that, marathon. Yeah, but after that, it should be okay. Like I okay, should be able to so if I hit the about. marathon at um, what a five hour finish, like with twenty six miles. I should be okay. I'll be fine. Like, you know, because then I'll have seven hours to run the next and I can walk that. So here I'm thinking like, that's fine. It's fine. Well, it wasn't fine. I, <laughs> I hit, it's all fine till it's not yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I hit the marathon part uh, in the middle of the clay fields or the middle of clay roads at five hours and 20 minutes. So it was a little off pace. And then my buddies were like, hey, you got to pick it up. And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. I made GPS watch. Well, I was kind of out of it. Like if you were to, you know, drinking or you're, you're just, you're out of it. And I kept thinking, no, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. And my buddies were doing all the calculations and they're like, no, you need to pick it up now. Like, or else you're not going to finish. And luckily, uh, one of my friends just gave up talking to me. He's so frustrated. He's like, he's not listening. <laughs> I'm not supporting you yeah. anymore. And my other friend, Billy actually was the one who got me through it. He's like, um, you need to go now. You know, and I go, Billy, tell it to me straight. Or am I going to finish or not? And he goes, No, at this pace or not. And that's when I literally took my hand up and just, I wanted to flick him off. Or do that. I was like, what? I was like this, just so angry. And um, and that's when I picked it up and ran eight miles straight. And that's what saved me because when I picked it up and I started passing people, I got on my schedule. It wasn't about winning or taking over people. It was just about making sure I made it under the cutoff. And as it was. I was 15 minutes under the cutoff on that last day. So I was literally a mile, one mile off of not finishing. So, wow. and, and even then, like in the last, I remember the last two miles I was walking and they're like, come on, pick it up. And I was like, shut up. And I went, I just yelled at them like, shut up. And people were screaming at, I didn't feel bad because people were having oh, fights. Sure. I'm sure, yeah. A little Support testy. crews were yeah. like, yeah. I mean, it was, testy. it was full real world, you know? And so I was like, when I said that, I was like, shut up. I literally was yakking. Like, like my body was rejecting everything. I was even walking. I was losing it. So I was done. That's like when you know you're, you oh, push yeah. it like pretty much as hard as you to can. To the go. absolute limit. Just, and I mean, they're yeah. helping you like the whole time feeding you some, oh, yeah. some food and like drinks the whole time, right? Water, that's... food, everything you need. But yeah, in the last few miles, my buddy started piping up. He got excited, right? And he's like, you're right there. Just, just come on, jog it out. Like, I think you want jog to it out. Jog it out, bud. Jog it out. <laughs> and I was like, and I was at like mile, my legs are barely moving <laughs> yeah, right now. I'm at mile 50 and I'm like, dude, shut up. Like, just <laughs> stop it. And so, um, and then a really nice crew, uh, support crew walked with me the last mile. Cause the lady was like, you don't look so good. I'm going to walk through, you know, <laughs> I was like, thanks a lot. And little so, old ladies out there with me on the yeah, course. One of the ladies You're on the doing course. great. Yeah. <laughs> You remind Thank me of you. my grandson. Can you go tell my support team how to do this, please? But, yeah, a few people didn't finish, and it was really sad. Uh, one lady, she came, like, a few miles away from the finish, and they had, like, a fake finish line for her, but she didn't finish. And so it was – that's that would be really tough, you know, to put spend all that effort. Put that much work yeah, into Yeah, and that. that's, like, a fear. Like, I was like, oh, I, I, I just want to get this done never again. And then, and then, of course, after you finish and you're done, they're like, who wants to sign up for the world championships? Because once you, <laughs> once you finish 
a regular one, you qualify for life for the world championships. So technically, I could do the world championships, but no one's eager to raise their hand. And even the psychos, not psychos, but the... <laughs> no, you can call them psychos. I'm one of them. No, like, <laughs> I'm one of them. Even the crazy people that were there, like they, they were really into it. They weren't raising their hand immediately. They were like, and I was, come on, come on. Like I was one of those people like hanging them on. And uh, no, I mean, psycho in a good way. They're all like very, very nice. Everyone gets, gets along. It's just like that ultimate energy. Um, and everyone's help, helping each other. And it's just no, no egos. It's all about a family, really. So it's a really cool... Um, it's it's a great atmosphere and it's something that was new to me, you know, because I hadn't done any of that. I mean, other than Norseman was kind of similar, right? But that was self-supported. Um, but Ironman, they have volunteers that help. Uh, it's more formal. And anyone that hands stuff to you, it's illegal. So even if they, uh, a family member hands you a piece of gum, you can get disqualified. Wow. Really? Yeah. It only has to come from race course. That's an Ironman. But in these other grassroots races, it's all self-supported. There's rules, there's safety rules, of course, but it's like more family, you know, grassroots oriented. And I feel like more of those races are becoming more and more popular. They're gaining speed and traction. So that's kind of cool. You know, the spirit of of endurance or the spirit of. That side's always you know, kind of interesting me with all like, the racing and the spirit of endurance yeah. kind of things. Because like I was never anyone just to go run a marathon. You know, like that just never interested me. But like you add a couple different aspects to it, whether it's a triathlon or an adventure race or like you're going to have to go survive or something like that. Like that's where the, the peak started getting, you know, more interesting in my head. And like we did one that was just a straight up survival challenge. Like you got dropped off in the middle of the wilderness and like you had to do all sorts of different tasks on the way through. And like that's the side of the racing side that I really liked. I thought that stuff was cool because you would have to push yourself through rock climbing, through swimming, like just different aspects of life. But and you had 20, what was it, like, I think you had, like, 42 hours to complete a challenge. But you're out in the middle of the wilderness, and you got to figure out each step. You have to learn how to map and everything like that, and you can't use your cell phone and stuff. So that's always the side of racing that I always liked. And oh, yeah. Seeing, like, those kind of challenges. But, like, even Devin saying, like, yeah, let's let's pump out a half Ironman. Like, let's go do it. Like, is it, like something about it is just... I think we could legitimately, like, oh, yeah, we could struggle train through it. No, yeah, like, we, I think we could get through it, but it's... Fine. I think it's I, I think it's I... cool though, like what he's saying, like that aspect of like pushing yourself yeah. to be like right there on the edge, like that's that's crazy. It's that's super. I I I would assume it's almost somewhat spiritual, like you're well, saying. Well, it's uh, yeah. I tell people because people are like, uh, do you enjoy this? Like, what's going on? I'm like, no, it's almost like meditation. It's mm-hmm. someone said it's like meditation for you, and I'm like, that's a good way to put it. It's, you're only focused on what you're doing right now. It keeps you present. I like that because nowadays it's like you have to worry a little bit about, you know, like running 52 miles on the third day. <laughs> but, you're, but you're forced to, to be present. You're forced to be here and now because if you aren't, you could fall or you could, you know, get a cramp or do something bad. And so it's, it forces you to be where here and now and also um, think about, just fitness or think about you know nothing else but what your body's doing and also it's yeah it's it's really yeah that's super crazy it's um i mean so obviously we have the name just another failure podcast and and we like to laugh about our failures but we love to ask you know everyone that's on the show 
what's been your biggest failure that you've been able to overcome? And it's like, you, you can laugh about it now, but I mean, whether it's on the athletic side of things, a business side of things, like what has been... Jack doesn't year. fail. That's nice just yeah, he's just like, yeah, no worries. <laughs> oh, man. I don't, I, don't, I don't miss not making the race. I mean, I, I, like I said before, the swimming part uh, is definitely a big one. Um, and I think my whole life, uh, and not to be like whatever, but um, some people, not a lot, but some people are like, wow, it must be tough to grow up in your dad's shadow. And... I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And the failure of not making the Olympic team, that was a big one. Um, I would have to say uh, missing the Pan Am Games by that point zero two eight seconds, that was a very hard one. I think it took me about 10 years to get over that fully. I'm still, I still think about it here and now, but not, but the failure of, yeah, of not, of not, uh, I would say, uh, getting to that equal where my dad was, um, that was a big one. And to overcome that, I guess, through making another identity um, through triathlon is how I kind of cope with it. Um, to do something also my dad has never done because he was like, I wanted, I, I've always wanted to do an Ironman or triathlon, but I never had the time course get five kids so um <laughs> but that's something i created into my own identity my own passion and i really loved it um so that helped to, to then thrive in that and then using rowing as the one of the perfect cross training tools to then get to that new you know kind of path or journey so i think um that that's been a real blessing you know to find that love for triathlon and actually my my best friend uh tonu metz who's an estonian um rower uh we rode with each other and against each other he rode for navy he's the one that got me into shorter distances because i was not doing shorter stuff i was like i just want to do the long stuff that's like that's the coolest that's the most that's the best well the short stuff is really what you can do longer term and you can do it every weekend without killing yourself you know you can race for an hour and have it like a workout so that's where I really took the next step and every weekend I was racing and I loved it I just loved it so it wasn't just about Ironmans it was like triathlon running um, short sprints like those are actually some of my favorite races the Ironman is just brutal and you know taxing and you know crazy but and, you know, it gains the most respect, right? But the shorter stuff is really where I enjoy and I do better at, I feel. But also, um, I just love that, that that world of competition. So, yeah, I'd say that the failure is overcoming my swim fears. Um, when I was five years old, Jaws came out. I remember Jaws. <laughs> my dad was like, whatever. Dun, dun big deal uh he's gonna watch jaws aliens everything in one year no problem well i had nightmares for three years watching 
aliens. I slept in my parents' room for like three years. And then I ate Jaws. I thought there was sharks everywhere. everywhere. And I was at Big Bear Lake, and I'd be like, there's sharks in there. And my, my dad's like, my son's never going to learn that. <laughs> it's a lake, you know? And I was like, there's water. In the bathtub. Yeah. There's a shark in there. So I was, I was deathly afraid of sharks. And, and so overcoming that fear or, and, and overcoming that fear of swimming, mass starts, triathlon, and just, I guess, proving my dad wrong. And then my dad would be like, don't do that. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do that. And he's like, no, I'm telling you, honestly, I'm not trying to reverse psychology. I'm, I'm honestly telling you, don't do it. I'm like, I'm going to do it. You're like, well, I'm taking this as reverse <laughs> yeah. psychology. Yeah, like so Ultraman, Norseman, he, was, he told me, he's like, do not do it. Like, don't, I'm really worried about you. And I'm like, I'm doing it, you know. <laughs> and so, uh, and one more thing I have to say, uh, this is the greatest part about you know, full circle. And this was, so after my first Ironman, I did the swim. I did it in, I fin. you know, I did the whole Ironman. I finished it. My dad was like, come up to the house. We need to talk. And I'm like, whoa. Like, you know, this tone of voice was like, I've never heard this before. He's very upset. And I was like, what's happening? Well, just come up. I need to talk to you. Um, you know, when you have a minute, just come up. And he never talks like in this tone. I was like, Jesus. I was really worried. I was like, maybe he found out how much money I spent in France and, or something. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he got a hold of something. I don't know what happened, you know. And um, so I go up to the house. He's like, have a seat in the chair. Let's have a seat. I was like, what, Pop, what's happening? He's like, uh, just answer me yes or no. And I was like, oh, man. No. He found out something <laughs> happened. Oh, man, like no, so no. He found out something in Europe that I did. I don't know what, you know, after the Ironman. He goes, uh, just, I'm like, Pop, what, what is it, you know? And he's like, answer me yes or no. Um, are you taking steroids? <laughs> and I was like, ah, like, like, oh, my God. And he goes, well, what, are you? Are you? And I was like, Pop, for the first time in my life, I'm even. <laughs> I feel even keel. He didn't think I was, he really thought I was taking something. Because he didn't think that I was at that capability that I could do all this. And that, to me, was at, I was on par equal with him. And I was like, thank you. No, thank you. And he's like, no, really? Uh, no, are you? And I was like, pop, no, I'm not. I would never do that, ever. Uh, thank you. And he didn't get it. Now he does, because like, I explain it. But that's when I felt that, that full circle. That was the reverse. That was like the backhanded compliment. But that was what I needed to feel like, okay. And that was 10 years ago, and I was like, now I'm, I'm good. You know, like, I, I'm not living in that shadow anymore. He's giving me the ultimate compliment. I'm good. I'm free, you know. That's right. So that's, that's super cool. Yeah. Um, you have anything else, Matt? You got any questions? So if your parents ask you if you take stories, you're, you're like. That's how you know oh, yeah. you made that's it. How you, that's <laughs> how you know you made it, right? That's how you, yeah. know, you, that's how you know you peaked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's, al there's always a lot of fun stories with Jack. I mean, yeah. what, what year was Cosmo? Cosmo Bachelor of the Year. Oh man, that was uh, 2000. Yeah. So Jack, we didn't oh, mention. Oh yeah, you were. He was, you he told was me Cosmo's about this. Bachelor of the Year, and yeah, Mr. California. So Mr. California. Yeah, so my sister sent in the the uh, photo for that one. Um, Kate White, who is the editor in chief of Cosmopolitan magazine, um, picked me to be Mr. California, and I met her in New York, and uh, she goes, uh, yeah. Do you know how many people applied for this? I picked you. You should feel like oh, so every honored time. and stuff. And 
So that was that was cool, but it was a, it was just a funny thing. And then my coach thought I was dancing tables. He's like, "Are you dancing tables? What are you doing?" And I was like, "No, coach, what are you talking about?" Magic Mike, we got uh, Magic yeah. Jack going on no, over I'm, here. I'm just in a magazine. He goes, "What? What are you doing?" He's old school, you know. He's like, "What are you? What's going on?" I'm like, "Quickly change the subject." You know. So all my teammates were like, they knew about it. Berkeley, like, there's like something oh, about like in the paper, yeah. and also because I was still in college. Yeah. And I kept it kind of a down low and some things, actually one of the guys, <laughs> a couple of the guys started careers from that because they, there was a guy from each state. One of the guys from Idaho uh, actually became one of the main Chippendale dancers. Yes. <laughs> and I saw, he recognized me when I was in Vegas one day. He's like, hey, Jack. Hey, Jack. And I was like, what? I was like, like I don't like, know you. Know. you know. He's on a billboard. He's like, you know, he's like, yeah, I'm living here now. I'm like, so I'm like, oh my God. You know, this is life now. This is, this life, is life now. You know? I'm like, I'm far from that. I'm not doing any of that stuff. But yeah, it's, that was one of those things. So thank, I thank my sisters for that one. So that's awesome oh my god yeah yeah um but yeah no that that was always a good story and you know seeing that magazine at the house oh, seeing yeah. president nixon holding you as a little kid that's yeah, another yeah. cool we one have, we have some cool family uh yeah. family stuff with that too yeah. yeah but um yeah i think overall maybe 21 if events are going to come back around i think we're gonna we should probably sign up for like a half ironman I think we should. Yeah. I think we can handle maybe, it. Maybe a late, there's late a, twenty, late twenty-one. We, we might should do a half Ironman. We there's might need lot. to put a little work in. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, there's a lot of them around the world, uh, and they keep announcing new ones. Uh, so like Egypt just announced their That'd first be sick. one. I'd um, do that one. There's like Croatia. There's a lot of halves. There's more. There's like three times as many half Ironmans as there are fulls, because it's easier for the cities to produ- to put them on, and and it's less work a, a full Ironman's a lot of logistics a lot so half is always I tell people I'm like yeah start with the half and then you can work your way up but we'll get Jack yeah. and his dad to be our support team and they yeah. can just roast us the all whole the time. time yeah, yeah. That's all my need. dad will have the paper the yeah. pad out there <laughs> yeah. and he'll be like uh, hurry it up you're uh, you got the time he always has the statistics you know like, he's, he's gonna be like so you're you're not even in the race anymore yeah. you're gonna have to actually start doing something right now you know, <laughs> even though you have your watch on you and you can see your time he'll be he'll be like uh, no you're at uh, 20 hours nope you know, nope you know, nope you know. you're not making time no I'm, I'm on par here yeah so but yeah, I mean, we have Jack locally here in Long Beach uh, with Row Works and a great coach, and we can have him. Yeah, you know, we'll, we'll some, have to go check out I... check out Row Works as well and go see what that's all about too. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we do an hour. Um, most people think it's just rowing, I, and we but we split it up. We do intervals, we do weights, we um, we really to do it so you don't the hour goes by pretty quickly. So it's not, and you're on the water. I mean, you can't get a better view than what we have. We're outdoors, we're steps from the water, and all of our instructors, we have um, uh, coaches, this guy Weston Cole, who's the head coach of the women's team in in Long Beach at the high school. He won a national championship in high school uh, for Long Beach. So he's one of the top rowers um, in the program, and then he's a coach for us, he's an instructor, and then we have this guy George, who's super popular, George Prode, who's a former CrossFit owner, he's from Mexico, and he just trains very well and super funny. And um, we have a lot of great talent that that, uh, is at the Boathouse. So, yeah, a lot of great coaches. Yeah, I think, um, you know, something we're definitely starting to add with the podcast uh, as we get the website up and some other things, we're doing the vlog stuff now. Um, 
but that's really for us to kind of go out with people that we've had on the show and go do something with them that experience you know so that would be really cool to come over and do a day with you over at row works and go have you uh kick our ass yeah on, go uh, train with you and i think we will definitely make that happen soon I, we're, we're doing stuff with other guests out there with, that revolve around their life and what they do so i mean i think that would be kind of fun and you know get into the training and do something you know yeah. on that level too and go into a race so yeah and uh one of the guests you had on previously garrett garrett yep. Hamola, he uh he was like i said he i coached him and unfortunately you know he had a skateboarding accident he broke his ankle <laughs> that was a great um, story we did not talk about that with yeah, garrett you should have talked about that one so <laughs> that's we'll, one we'll of my it, we'll that's one of my better phone that. calls i've gotten from yeah, garrett at loyola he snapped his ankle he's one of our our my top rowers and i was like dude how could you and i was like that's it no one skateboards you know and everyone's bought a skateboard and it's like that's how we get to class coach i'm like no never again never again and i actually introduced garrett to his wife yeah. uh at the six man uh, manhattan beach volleyball tournament back when it was huge um but i i introduced garrett to his wife so a lot of cool uh connections there i mean stuff that like you know you go through life and you're like wow this is, and then you were coached by my uncle and in, in hockey and um it's just a small world so all these connections that are happening and now i'm here so it's a, it's a cool honor to, full circle to do, yeah. yeah and then you had a podcast going for a while yeah so i i started a podcast uh, <laughs> i don't want to say it like a lot of people have during this panic which is great it's a great opportunity to take hold of of things and meet interesting people and so i caught on the band like not to say it's bandwagon but i got well, it's, on a bandwagon. it's a bandwagon it's a bandwagon, yeah, bandwagon. we're on to, it to, <laughs> yeah to, i mean it's great but you know uh i was like hey i know all these people all these olympians uh why don't i start something to inspire like because everyone needs a little more inspiration or hope especially these days and so uh i started interviewing olympians starting with my dad uh, the next one was Cliff Meidel, who's a kayaker who actually carried the Olympic flag at the opening ceremonies in Sydney. He's a family friend. Um, he also recovered. Uh, it's like a, kind of an adversity thing, too. He recovered from a, an accident that he had with a jackhammer. He got electrocuted, came back. And, oh, nice. yeah, he's, like, he's incredible. Uh, so Cliff and then uh, Stacy on a Stitz, who has alopecia, she has no hair, and she overcoming that adversity, and she was at Berkeley when I was there, and she won a gold medal in the in the uh, uh, relay with um, a bunch of swimmers from Berkeley, and then along with Anthony Irving, or Anthony Irving's also a guy, I think he lives here in Long Beach. A lot of these, a lot of Olympians live here. Um, so it's getting those conversations together, so that podcast is called the Rollworks Legacy Podcast, kind of tying in that legacy of, of you know, starting where somewhere and, and coming full circle, right? You know, like where is that legacy gonna inspire others? So all these athletes inspiring other people. So it's kind of cool. Oh, that is cool. That's very yeah. Uh, that's similar. That's kind of similar to why we started. Just different people we know and different stories. So yeah, it's cool to have you on. And um, you know, anything we could do to help support your podcast as well, you gave oh, it a yeah. shout out. Be sure to follow Jack Nunn at um, on Instagram at RowWorks. That's R O W O R X underscore rowing. And he's down here in Long Beach. So if you guys are local, come down, get a class from Jack. He's a great guy. I've known Jack for over 10 years now. Um, very inspirational. And I'm excited just to maybe have another opportunity at training for an event in 21. So, but this has been a great time. And like all our guests, like we want to do follow-up stories. We want to come back. And then maybe we'll do a podcast on yours, you know, yeah, yeah. collab. So um, 
yeah, let's uh, let's hang out soon and let's get another uh, episode going. You have anything else you want to talk about on this? No, one? I just wanted to you know thank you for coming on, and if you have anybody you want to shout out as well, you're more than welcome to. But uh, like he said, follow. Follow Jack on Instagram. Go check out uh, Rowworks here in Long Beach if you're local. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we'd love to have you on again because this was, <laughs> this was really Jack, fun here. Jack also does live rowing classes you were doing during COVID, which was kind of cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I was doing that. Uh, on Facebook for, Live. Yeah, Facebook Live, Instagram uh, Live, and trying to keep things going actually for myself but also for others. Um for those who had a machine at the time, uh, there was some place that sold out of the machine, so it was kind of rough, like people trying to get access. Um, so I'm trying to do more of that now uh, and get um, workouts like that I've had over the years, whether I've coached or gone through with rowing workouts, um, written workouts, and then also doing videos uh, for the workouts, and then doing one-on-one coaching, so like virtual one-on-one coaching that people ask. Um, like live on Zoom or, you know, Instagram Live or some platform, Facebook, something like that, where I'm doing video with them and then coaching them through the video. So it's like a rowing analyzed rowing stroke um, remotely. So I'm trying to get more into that. I've actually had quite a few people over the last few weeks uh, reach out um, and get more interest in that. So in trying to get the stroke right, just like swimming or golf or Stuff like that. So I think hopefully people are realizing the benefits, like I said, from from that sport, total body and all that stuff. So very cool. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, if you have any sponsors or anything you'd like to shout out to. Yeah, I have a few. Uh, you know, Rudy Project has been a big one over the years. Uh, they're kind of like you know I don't want to compare them, but it's like Oakley sunglasses. They do a lot of sunglasses. They uh, they actually sell a lot of bike helmets. Uh, they make they're actually, if you go to Ironmans, they're all over the Rudy Project helmets. So they sell like bike helmets, gear. So they're one of my main ones. Uh, Red Ace Beats, uh, organics, they do beat shots. So Red Ace Organics. Um, beats are like the number one natural uh, reoccurring uh, vegetable you can have to boost nitric oxide. So it makes your blood vessels bigger. So if you guys are wondering, not yeah. steroids. <laughs> beats, <laughs> organics, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Cramp Crushers is another one uh, that they've been heavily involved lately over the last few years. Uh, they make an electrolyte shoe. So it's like a three-in-one. It's like uh, calcium lactate. So it, it basically um, hinders you from getting cramps. And then uh, it's got sugar in it. So it's help you, you know, replenish energy and then it's got s- some salts and stuff like that so it's a three-in-one shoe and then um i also take juice plus which is like a you know it's a very common uh vegetable pill um it's not a supplement it's like more of like think about blending it's like space tech kind of you're blending think about blending like uh, a bunch of fruits and vegetables in a blender and then drying it all out putting it in a pill and then you take it but oh. it's been around for like 30 years so uh, i do that and those are my main ones yeah so sweet well thank awesome. you again for coming on and uh i mean we'd like to thank all of our sponsors as well uh we have 30 seconds out who you know gives us some cool flags like that we have boost oxygen which i mean we might even need to yeah. get him on the boost oxygen oh, yeah. game uh we got um, Muertos Coffee, 
which go use our promo code just another failure uh is it just another failure pod nope just, just another, another failure. failure just another failure for uh 15 off and five percent of all sales through those guys goes directly back to helping uh firefighters so go check them out get some good coffee and then uh also manscaped and uh promo code fail yeah use promo code fail at checkout for uh 20 off and free shipping i use manscaped you do, do you? yeah yeah see yeah, we have a we have a promo code with them. The razor. Yeah. Yeah. yeah if you uh, if you need a new one, you know, use the promo code. Yeah, the promo code <laughs> the razor, waterproof, uh, best razor ever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's amazing. Let them know. Yeah, Let them know. they're they got a clone coming out here pretty soon and everything else. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's awesome to have you stand behind it. But uh, mm-hmm. till next time, we'll get on you guys. Uh, we'll get back with you guys soon, and uh, hope you guys have a happy new year. And uh, we'll be back with in 2021 with you guys. Woo, big year. Weird to say. Yeah, right. Big year. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you guys next week. Have a good one, one, guys.